many, let's go into the word of the Lord this morning. How many, how many word lovers we got this morning? How many of y'all love the word of God? Uh, the word of God is above any other book, any other writings that you could ever have in your life. God breathe his word. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll get to that later. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about Jesus now. If you would turn to Proverbs, the third chapter. Proverbs, the third chapter. Proverbs, the third chapter. Renew in 2022. This month we are talking about renewing your sowing and reaping. Now, some of you all, you need to be here and you need to be here next Sunday because there are going to be some teachings that you may not be familiar with or maybe you only got the surface of it. But we're going to dive a little deeper in it. Every day we should set aside some time to thank God for his blessings, his love, and his grace. Do you agree? I mean, every day of our lives. First Lady was saying that she has a praise in her uh, time, her daily time with God every day. Amen. And I know that to be true. Amen. You know, when we look at how good God is and who he is, and there's none other than him that claim to be God like he is. For he is the Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings. Are y'all hearing me? There's none like him in all the earth or heaven above. And so when we think about that, even the atheists can't get around the fact that our nation honors God the way that it honors God. And we just did that on Christmas when we honored God and, and, and really highlighted Christ. And so why don't true atheists go to work on Christmas Day? You ever ask yourself that on Thanksgiving Day if they were true atheists? As Christians, we need to show the world that God is worthy to be praised. Not only on Christmas Day, but on every day of the year. For the Bible points out a primary principle for the principle, if you will, of first fruit giving. And I want to talk about that, God's principle of first fruit giving. Say that with me, God's principle, God's principle. of first fruit giving. All right. In the Old Testament times, the Jews would come together at Passover time. Anybody ever read anything about Passover in the Bible? And appeared before the Lord with their first fruit. During Passover, that's what they would do. They would come before the Lord with their first fruits. Now, I don't want you to miss this. Purpose. Everybody say purpose. purpose. Everything has a purpose. There's a purpose for everything. The purpose for first fruit is to offer to God the very first of the very best that you have. Amen. And that's what the children of Israel did. They offered God the very first of the very best that they had. Say that with me. The very first of the very best 
that you have. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the purpose for first, the principle of first fruit giving. The very first of the very best that you have. So this is an important principle to remember as we approach this new season we're in, this new year, this new beginning of the month of January as we flow through each month. We can't ignore it because God requires this of us as well. God based their prosperity on the adherence of this principle. It's not just an Old Testament principle or a New Testament principle or a church program. It's God's principle. Come on, say that with me. It's God's principle. First fruit giving goes deeper than just passing the offering plate on Sunday. It is a biblical theme, if you will. I want you to look there with me in Proverbs 3. And this is our foundational for the, this morning, our foundational scripture. You see it? Now, some words are used interchangeably depending on what, uh, you know, uh, a version you have of it, whether it's the NIV, the you know uh, the, uh, the the King James and the KJV or whatever it is, but it says here, "Honor the Lord with your substance," mm -hmm. right? Yes. And with the uh, what? First fruits of all thine increase. Let me read that again. Honor the Lord with thy substance. And, y'all see that conjunction there, with the first fruits, not first fruit, but fruits, of some of thine increase. Okay, all thy increase. I want you to see that. All your increase, and so shall your bonds be what? With a little bit. Plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Is that right? Did we read that right? All right, let's back up and look at it again. Honor the Lord with your substance. Let's pause right there. Substance is something that you already have. You honor the Lord with your possessions, with your substance. Something that you, you already know you got is a continuous flow of something that you already have. So you honor the Lord with that. So whatever you have on a day-to-day -day basis, on a week-to-week -week basis, on a month-to-month -month basis, on a year-to-year -year basis, substance that you have, God said, Honor him with your substance. What you make right now is your substance. You know it's coming. You look for it to come. Some of you got it on automatic pay. Some of you don't. You know when it's coming in the mail. You know what time the mailman going to come around. So that's my substance right there. That's the stuff that I already can count on. 
But then he says something in that same verse of scripture. He puts a conjunction. He said, and with the first fruit of all your increase. I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that your substance is what you tied out of. Anything above what you already have established that you have and you get some above and beyond that is your first fruit. I just want to put that in your spirit for before I go forward. I'll come back to that. He didn't say, he didn't read, honor the Lord with your first fruit and with your first fruit. He said, honor the Lord with your substance. And with the first fruits. First fruit is something that's going to be increased to your life. Anytime you get an increase in your life, God deserves some of it. So God has always demanded, and this is the principle to be first place. Say that with me. God, God should, always should always be first place. Be first place. Exodus 20 and 5. He says, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. What kind of God is he? Our relationship with God is like a marriage relationship. Did you know that? Yes, it's up on the screen. Our relationship with God, I say, is like a marriage relationship. We are the bride of Christ. So he demands first place and he gets jealous if he's not first place. He won't play second fiddle with anybody. He does not like you flirting with the devil. You, never, you should never make the devil the God of your life. When you're not in Christ, you're following somebody. You're either following Christ or you're following the world. And the world equates following the devil. There are certain expectations and rights in a marriage relationship. Is that right? Come on, help me out, you married people. Ladies, do y'all have some expectations in your marriage? How many, how about you, bro, man? You got, you got some expectations in your marriage? You know, my wife, she don't really care for flowers too much, but she says she like for me to surprise her every now and then. She said, you know, I ain't really, you know, too keen on, but you know, every now and then it looks good, you know. So I buy some every now and then with, you know, because I know how she is about that, but you know, along with other things. And I buy them. For her, because of her rights and her expectations. Now watch this, not somebody else's wife. I give my love and my devotion to my wife. Not to your wife. 
You give your love and devotion to your wife. Amen? Now, I didn't say that harsh, so somebody, but he already jumping on us and spanking us. I just said you give your love and your devotion. Did you feel that one? Did I do okay on that one? Did I do all right on that one? All right. <laughs> your love and your devotion to your wife. All right? <laughs> I'm just, I'm dead funny. But watch this. She expects it. And watch this. She deserves it. And can I help you a little further? She wants it. And then I'm going to tell you something else. She demands it. And watch this. And so does God. This is first fruit giving. This is like a thanksgiving. God demands that we give him our very best. Is that right? Making him first place in our lives. Times haven't changed. This is the eternal principle. All right? 1 Corinthians 10 and 31. 10 and 31. See, it's up there. All right. Look what it says. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to who? The glory of God. I mean everything. And since the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, God no longer demands blood sacrifices in the temple. His method has changed, but God hasn't changed. His principle has never changed. God still demands first place in your life. Amen. Romans 12 and 1. Put it on up there. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. How? Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service. God didn't change. Luke 10 and 27 says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. God demands first place. Second best would never be in first fruit offerings. First fruit offerings is what? The very first of the very best. Are you hearing me? So what coach would be satisfied with a second best effort? He come, all right, gather around, gather around, team. I want y'all to do y'all second best. I was thinking about that commercial, you know, about the cheese. See? Huh? What, what, what do you say? Uh, uh, you have aged. Uh, they say you aged too well. They say some will say even perfect. <laughs> he said, now who's the cheese? He said, coach, I woke up this morning being the cheese. <laughs> 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 I like that commercial. 
I like that curse. Cheese got shoulder pads on there. Cheese, cheese, cheese. <laughs> Nobody wants you to give your second best effort. All right, I want y'all to go out and give y'all second best. No. They always say go out and give me 110%. I got a question for you. What husband would be satisfied with a second-rate cooking, you know? Just throw it in there. It ain't even done yet. It's just half done. Who want to eat some half-done half, half noodles? All right, today we having beets. Huh? Some of y'all already know what beets are. Little red snacks. I, I know what, we know what they are. <laughs> Help me, Lord. <laughs> hey, hey, what, what wife, what wife would be satisfied with being the second most important woman in her husband's life? Anybody? Any hands? Second, you, 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 I got your second best. Don't let, don't let me tell you something in here talking about some second. We're not having that. I don't want here want to be named as the most second best woman in somebody's life. And yet, why do we expect God to be satisfied with less than our best? If you won't stand for it, why would you allow, why would you want God to stand for your second best? So what is first fruit of sour grapevines? A whole bunch of sour grapes, right? What is the first fruit of rotten apples? A bag full of rotten apples. In contrast, what is the first fruit of an orchid of red ripe apples? You know what the answer is to that. God requires, he requires that the first fruit offering be the very best and not just to get by, not a token, not a symbol, a kind. God doesn't accept polluted sacrifices or offerings. And this is not the first time that people have tried to give God a polluted and the, the sacrifice that you know that you wouldn't even want. Let's go to Malachi real quick. I'll read it real fast so you won't get mad. A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? This is God talking to the people. And if I be a master, where is my fear? Said the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest that despise my name, and ye say, wherein have we despised thy name? Ye offer polluted bread upon my altar, and ye say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now to unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person? 
said the Lord. I'm telling you that if you offer all these things that the Lord does not want, why would you want to offer God something that you know that he don't want? He told you that he wants the first and the best. No questions, no discussion, no debate. God deserves the first of the best. The first of the best. That's why you should never come to church and give God a half-hearted praise. If somebody asks you to read the scripture, you don't read it half-heartedly. You read it with feeling. You read it with substance. You read it like you know that God's word is true. Somebody asks you to sing a song. You don't come up here. Well, y'all, y'all, y'all just, I'm going to sing this song today. And y'all just take all the mistakes for love. And I really didn't want to do it, but they just told me that I had to do it. And I came up here anyhow, and I'm just going to give y'all what I got. No, you sit down. <laughs> we would rather you make mistakes with confidence than to come up here and give God some more half-hearted song. That you know you didn't receive yourself. Are y'all hearing me? Anything you do, you should do it with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your might. If you're going to play the instrument, the Bible says, play skillfully, play loud, play skillfully. If you're going to do it, do it with everything within you. Who, what coach want to put a player in the game that don't want to play? Y'all tell me that. Are you following me? Nobody wants to put anybody in that don't want to play. Let me tell you something. When you get there to the game, before you, they get there and they start the game, they go through what they call a pep rally. They go through a you know, series of getting themselves encouraged and pumped. They even hit each other on the shoulder pad and they get pumped and they bump chest and they give high five and they slap each other on the helmet. They're getting each other encouraged and pumped up. Why? Because they want you to do your best. When you come in here, you come in through the gates with thanksgiving. You enter in the courts with praise. You get pumped so you can hear the word. You get my God ready. And so you can encourage everybody on your row that God is working a miracle. Who wants to go to church and leave like they've never been? Hallelujah. When I get here, I want God to do something spectacular in my life. It ain't about me anyhow. Because without God, I can't do nothing. But if I raise my level of expectation and say, God, I don't feel it today. God, I don't know what you're going to do today. But here I am. I volunteer that you could use me. You want to pour anything in me today. I'm all yours. And I'm not going to nurse my old wounds. I'm not going to nurse what I went through yesterday. I'm not going to nurse what I went through yesteryear. I'm not going to nurse what I went through last month. This is a new month. I got a future ahead of me. So God, I want to praise you in advance because I know you about to turn this thing around and show out on my behalf. Can you say amen? Do I have any witnesses in this house? Hallelujah. Look down your road and say, God, about to renew your day. Renew your week. Renew your mind. Tell them, say, matter of fact, 
You got renewal all over you. Hallelujah. God about to put you before showcase because he about to renew some things in your heart, in your life, in your spirit, in your soul. You're going to come forth renew. Hallelujah. Folk done counted you out. Said not going to happen for you, girl. Don't worry about it. Just go on. Just give in. Go ahead and give in, man, because it ain't going to happen for you. But the devil is a liar. It is going to happen for me. Even if it happens when I least expect it. See, some of y'all about to get ready to throw in the towel, but I came to tell you, Doc, don't do it. Don't do it because God got to turn around working on your behalf. Can you say amen? You are about to get renewed. Your money about to get renewed. Your family about to get renewed. Man, you talking about first fruit. Your first fruit about to turn to another level. Don't worry about the mother folk what they say they ain't going to do. God, if you want to get the first fruit principle through me, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm able. I'm willing. I want to do it and get what you say I can get. In the name of Jesus, it will happen. Somebody look down the road and say, first fruit will be in my house. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. And I don't want to get ahead of myself because I'm going to talk about it next week. I want to tell you, uh, to give you the reason why and some of you all don't understand, and I know you probably don't talk about it. You see people uh, laying seed on the altar. But I'm, 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 it's, I can't talk about it because I'll be too long. But next week I'm going to just take my time and I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about it. Because you just might be missing a blessing. Come on, sir. Come on, sir. You, just, you might put your mouth on it, but you just might have been missing a blessing. Hallelujah. And just in case you don't want to come, just go back and look at it. Get look and listen to it on the uh, iPod or the podcast, rather. Listen to it on the podcast. Since you say, I don't want to hear nothing about that. Listen to it on the podcast. Just sneak and listen to it. <laughs> Nobody around you. Just get on the iPod on the podcast. See, I don't know why they call it iPod. But on the podcast and, and, and listen to it and see what God tell you. But let me finish talking about what I'm going to talk about. And so. Too often we keep the very best. We give God what's left over. I know you didn't want to hear that. Many of us been guilty of giving God leftovers. I want to ask you a question. Ladies and gentlemen, have you given God the leftovers, leftovers this week? Did you give to everybody else and then you thought about God last? What did you do with your whole day on yesterday? What part of that that you gave to God? What part did you give him on money? Did you give God his due? Because I know we done done everything we wanted to do. We done watched every show we wanted to watch. We done been to the mall. We done done everything we wanted to do. What part of that day did you not give God leftovers? Because if you gave everything else more than you gave God, guess what you just did? You gave him leftovers. Some of you trying to catch up and you gave God leftovers by coming to church today. Because Monday through Saturday you didn't have a God consciousness at all. 
And you trying to make up by coming here on Oh, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. But I got to do what God tell me to do. You tried to make up for what you didn't do Monday through Saturday. Don't you know that God, he provided for you Monday through Saturday? And then when you roll up in here on Sunday, he still provided for you. He deserved your praise every day. Sunday, we just come to get our order. Sunday is when we do our glorified huddle so we can get the play from God what he wants us to do. Uh, Monday through Saturday, we are in a glorified huddle. We praise God. We lift him up. But we come to get our assignment for what we're going to do the rest of the week. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they upset with me now. So, a lot of times we give God what's left over. Okay, we keep the best time. And we give the Lord maybe one hour on Sunday. Maybe. Maybe, maybe one hour on Sunday. Maybe, maybe one hour. Some, some, some one hour on Sunday. They might listen to the online service. That's their one hour. Less than one hour. We keep the best service. And then we then we too tired to work for God. Because we keep the best service to ourselves. We work on everything else except what God told us to do. All these team ministries and stuff like that. People looking for folk. I mean, you can't even really keep the usher thing filled. You can't get nobody in the nursery. I mean, we got to beg folks for this and beg somebody to be here. And then when they own it, then they don't show up. They're not accountable. Now we got to fill in once we get in here. I mean, listen, you give God your leftover service. That is not first fruit. Then you, we keep the best thoughts. We only think about him if we think it or, or if we're desperate. Then we think about God. If we're in trouble, we think about, Lord, have mercy. I thought about how the Lord would bring me out. Well, now you don't want everybody else. Now you're going to talk to God. <laughs> Not only that, but we keep the best dollars. Then we put a, offer, a tip in the offering plate. You have anything left over at the end of the week or the month? Oh, here you are, God. And so many times, so many times, our giving to God is an afterthought. Instead of having an, an, you know, an offering ready to give God on Sunday. A lot of people open their wallet and their purse as the offering plate is being passed and look inside to see if what they have, any money that they don't need, you know. Then they say, okay, I don't need that right here. Let me just give him this right here. Thank you, little baby. <laughs> but in Malachi's time, God's people had neglected God's principle of first fruit giving. Now, the results were they were giving to God something that was of no value. Something that was of no value to them or to God. So they were dumping their discards on God. 
They were giving God their leftovers. He, this is what he was telling them in, in Malachi. They were letting God have their uh, uh, rummage and uh, after picking over the best for themselves, then they say, hear God. They were treating God as a goodwill God. In modern terms, they were giving God their end slices and they ate the good bread themselves. I remember when we were coming up. We eat everything in the middle. And it be them two end slices left. And when you're hungry, you're going to put them two end slices left with some peanut butter and some jelly. But you'd rather had the part that was in the middle that was soft. Hardly to be so soft, sometimes we'd take that knife and we'd try to put that peanut butter on just tear the bread. But then the devil got in it, and now all the children just about allergic to peanut butter. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody ain't done something to that peanut butter. Nobody had no peanut butter allergy when I was coming up. Everybody on the corner had a peanut butter jelly sandwich in their mouth. And a big old glass of Kool-Aid. One of, one of them, and you don't have no regular gas. You got a mayonnaise jar, something that you done took the paper off of. You put it under that hot water and let it run, and then you peel all the paper off. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Pickle jar, salad jar, mayonnaise jar, any kind of jar you can get. Hot, you met that be your favorite cup or your favorite jar. Anybody got time buying no glasses? We're going to recycle this here right here. <laughs> so they gave God the insights. Modern turn, they were giving God used tea bags. After they used them, then they gave them to God. They were giving God their used chewing gum after they chewed all the juice out of it. Here you go, God. I wanted to sound like that to you so you'll see how it is. They got all the good goody out of it, then they want to offer it to God. God said, I'll not have it. I'll not be disgraced in such a way. I'll not be treated in such a manner. After, after a while, it became a habit, taking God for granted. That's what they were doing just like we are now, like the relationship between a husband and wife. After a while, it becomes natural. You take them for granted, and it seems to be all right because you done done it, and you done rehearsed it, and you done done it so long until you take them for granted, and you don't see the good in them. You don't see how valuable they are because you've been taking them for granted because they are on automatic they are good like they are because that's what's in them and you now have taken sir you have taken her for granted you have taken him for granted that he's going to do all those things he's been doing for you and you don't recognize how good he is and so you don't do for him like you used to do for him God said I feel all of that 
have been good to you and you want to give me leftovers? And so we will reap what we sow. We're going to reap with God what we sow. You can't reap daisies if you sow and stink weed. You can't reap tomatoes if you sow in uh, sand spurs. You can't reap health. If you're sowing garbage in your body. Renew 2022. I'm about to get fired in 2022. Ooh, I'm about to lose 20 pounds in 2022. Well, you're going to have to get that soda out your hand. You got you to stop stopping by Popeye's chicken every day. You're going to have to leave them tater chips and them cookies and hallelujah. If you're not sowing good to your health, I heard somebody say skin, skin won't put weight on you. It just, the blood pressure might like suffer from it, but it won't put weight on you. Many of them when you be trying to wait, but I'm talking about that blood pressure now. But you cannot sow bad habits with your health and expect God to turn it around for you. Good to see you, Brother Galloway. God bless you, sir. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God he brought you through surgery. Hallelujah. Amen. reason why I picked him out because he was a personal trainer. You ain't going to get no six-pack just looking at the weights. I went to the gym and I walked around and looked at all the equipment in there. Then I walked right out. Hallelujah. I'm ready now. All I did was put my arms out to the side and tried to stick my chest out. I went to the gym and walked around. Hey, how y'all doing? How y'all doing? I'm coming through. I'm coming through. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Didn't move, didn't lift the weight, didn't do nothing, just waved at everybody and drove right down there to Uncle TLC and my God got me a five piece. What y'all don't see and know won't hurt me. Y'all don't see it, so then I'm still going to be all right because y'all didn't see it. You so bad habits, you're going to reap it on your body. See, God tells everything. See, you can talk all that noise. Yeah, I've been working out for six months. And then we're looking at you. What you been working out? You've been working on your curls.
Y'all know what y'all talking about? Mine going down. I'm at 190 now. Hallelujah. Don't get jealous. You got to change your habits. Hallelujah. I realize I ain't going to get no six-pack sitting there at the TV hollering at the television. Hallelujah. I got to stop that curling and do some leg lifts. Hallelujah. If some of y'all do that about ten times, you'll be like, oh, Jesus. You can't reap brownies if you're sowing beets. If you're stingy to God, you will reap accordingly. Let me say that again. If you are stingy to God, you will reap accordingly. Galatians 6 and 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not marked whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So God said, Quit marking me. What did God think when Israel neglected his principal first fruit given in Malachi? Look at it at verse 7 of chapter 3. Put it up on the scripture so you can see. It says, even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from my ordinances. See, your daddies did good, but you don't walk away from it and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, said the Lord of hosts, God giving you a chance. But you said, where we sh shall we return? In other words, you don't want to do it, and you ask him, we don't, we don't know what you're talking about, God. Quit lying, you know. <laughs> when a man robbed God, yet ye have troubled, robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? And he said, in tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. He was talking to the whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now wherewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall be not, be not a room enough to receive. Now, we like verse 10, but we don't like verse 9. Some folks say, God, he ain't cursing you, no, I, you know what? I agree with you, but you curse yourself by not doing what God say do. And we wonder why God doesn't bless us. Why we're missing God's very best. It's because we, haven't, we have forsaken God's principle of first fruit giving. Now, I need you to pay close attention to this. First fruits, tithes, and offering are different according to the scripture. Now, you may argue that they may be one and sometimes used interchangeably with the words one and the same, and that might be true. But it is distinctly showed in the scripture that they are all three different. Yes. Now, I'm going to show it to you because you probably haven't read it, or maybe you have, but you didn't pay attention to it. Now, Nehemiah 10 and 37 says, and that we should bring the first what? Of our dough. And our what? Now, if it was the same, he would have said offering and offerings. 
but he said something different. And the fruit of all matter of trees, of wine, and of oil unto the priests, to the chambers of the house of our God, and the tithes of our ground unto the Levites, and the same Levites might have the tithes in all the cities of the tillage. So this is what he's saying to Nehemiah. If you skip them down to Nehemiah 12 and 44, would you put that up there on the screen for me real quick because I want to get through this. Let him go home. And at that time where some appointed over the chambers for the treasure. They had a treasure because they had money. They were collecting money. For the what? Offering. Not offering, but offerings. Right? Got to have a treasure because we got offerings for the first fruits and for what? There it is right there. He said offering, first fruit, and tithes. If it was all tithe, he'd have said tithe, tithe, tithe. If it was all first fruit, he'd have said first fruit, first fruit, first fruit. If it was all offering, he would have said offering, 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 offering. But he didn't say that. He said that, that for the chamber, for the treasure, for the offerings, for the first fruit, and for the tithe, to gather them out of the field of the city to the portion of the law for the priests and the Levite, for uh, Judah rejoiced for the priests and for the Levite that waited. Now, first fruits are giving the first portion to God. Who is given to? God. So now Romans 11 and 16. Watch this. Watch this. He says, if the part of a dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. Oh, God, I love you. So if the first part is holy. The rest of it is holy. If that is the principle, if the first part is not holy, then the rest of it is not holy. If the first part is rotten, then the whole, whole bunch is going to be rotten. If the first part is blessed, then the whole thing going to be blessed. All right, I'm glad you're listening. You're not saying that, but you're listening. If the root is holy, this is what it says in Romans. If the root is holy, good God about it. So are the branches. Giving the first fruit of your finances to God will call all of your finances for the rest of the year to be holy. So first fruit causes God to treat your finances as holy giving. You favor with God because your finances are connected to the first fruit offering. So let me see if I got this right. At the beginning of the year, if I make sure my, sure my first fruit is in the right place, for the rest of the year, God going to make sure that all of it, Ain't but a few of us happy, but let me go on. Woo! So you didn't like those scriptures. It's distinctly showed that there's a difference between offering, tithes, first fruit. All right. Ezekiel 44 and 30. Turn there. It says, the first, this is first fruit principle, right? The first of the very best, right? The very first of the very best, right? The first of all first fruits. Of every kind and every contribution of every kind from all your contributions shall be for the priest. You shall also give to the priest the first of your dough to cause a blessing to rest on your house. 
So forget that to my, well, you know, I want him to give, I want it, you know, I'm giving this so God can bless my family. That's, that's good. That's good. That's good. But, but, but don't, don't, please don't miss this. First fruit imparts a blessing on your house. It imparts a blessing on your home. So when you do that, I don't care who's staying in your house that's acting the monkey or whatever like that. They are going to be just like when he rained on the just as well as the unjust. If you got corn in the field, it's going to rain on the corn that's good as well as the corn that's not, not doing so good. So if those people, everybody that's in your house, because you got that first food principle down, God said, I am going to impart a blessing on your house. And I don't know about you, but I need a blessing in my house. I need a blessing on my house. God keep it free from fire and electrical problems and plumbing problems and foundation problems and roof problems and a wall, termites, all that stuff. I need God to bless my house and not just the things that are in it, but the people that walk around in it. I need everybody in here blessed. I need you to protect my son, my daughter, my grandson, my granddaughter. I need everybody in this house. I need you to kick sickness out. I need you to bless it. When folk walk in here that is sick, they get healed by walking in here. I need the blessing to linger in this house. I need the blessing when they walk to the door. They felt something when they put their hand on the knob. I need you to bless this house. And not only he going to bless your home, but he going to bless your business. He going to bless your creativity. My God, you're going to become an entrepreneur. You're going to be able to think on things. And God said, I'm going to drop that thing in your spirit. It wasn't in there the first place, but God dropped it in there. And it came to your heart. It came to your mind. If I just do this and do that and make this right here and turn this and turn that over. Oh, my God, I didn't see it before. But my God is going to call my life to have a triple double on it. Why? Because God gave me a creative idea. He blessed my home because of the first fruit principle yeah. somebody said well, well bishop do I have to do it no you ain't got to do nothing you ain't got to give your tithe you ain't got to give your offer you ain't got to get no first fruit you ain't got to do none of that I don't believe in that that's you I just so happen to follow the word of God and then you know what you're going to get in trouble when you're trying to discourage other people from doing what God done told them to do Cause you got these ones that think that, that you know they, you know I'm God's policeman. I got seniority in the body of Christ, and if I say don't do it, don't do it. You got these people that think like that. No, when God give me revelation, when God give me something new, I want to be able to tap into it and be able to do it with God told me. How many of you all, how you act when you get something new? Do you remember when you was a child, when you got your first little, I remember I got that little bicycle, that little GTO, that little red bike. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I was so happy to get that thing, man. I woke up in the morning wiping it down and looking at it and all in the chain and everything because it was something new. I was, I was, I was, I listen, I was just mesmerized because I had something new that they never had before. Well, when you come into something new with God, you ought to embrace it. You ought to love it. You say, God, I want to see how this thing works. I want to know how it would make it tick. I want to know how it will bless me. I want to know how it will bless my home. I will bless my children. Turn my house around. Bless my home! 
Watch me now. Stingy people will never participate in first fruit. Because they're always thinking, selfish people leave, because they're thinking about what I'm missing. If I give that, I won't have. You got to allow God to deliver you from that spirit. Watch this. You never read in the Bible where God is a stingy God. Now, he's a jealous God. But he's not a stingy God. When you look at the temple and how they, what they put in there, it will mess you up. Would you, when you see what the priests would deck down in all that heavy stuff, I wouldn't want to wear it today. But they got all that gold breastplate and all that stuff chingling on them, all that stuff. You know, I mean, you know, and, and, and even today, you know, some folks, you know, I know, you know, that's just, you know, I ain't, I ain't messing with nobody. Wear what you want to wear. But folk got all these robes and things, want folk to make them think them, they let make them look holy. You have on a white robe, but you're dirty inside. inside. You're black as a hundred midnights underneath that white robe. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You don't have no character about yourself. Right. Amen. 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 And, and, and you, you, you listen, God is a God that's a giver. Let me, let me go, let me go, let me go on, I got to get you out of here. So, so, many times, a financial blessing is not our main need or concern. Having a blessing on your home positions you to have healing in your physical, spiritual, and emotional need for you and your family. Not you right now where you're sitting. How many of you know you need spiritual, physical, and emotional needs met in your life? Why? And we, why did I say it like that? It because we give, you know, offerings as a sign of putting God first. But watch this. Even though it's in a form of medium of exchange where we may give God money, God gives us stuff that money can't buy. Yes, Amen. See, he wants you to present an offering under him to show him where your heart is. God said, now nah, I know because you know you won't depart from something that you have worked hours and hours for. You know why? You know why a lot of people, they are tied, emotionally tied. to First, they say emotionally tied to their monies. It's because it takes so long to get it. If you work 20 hours a week, you got 20, you, you work 20, you, you make $20 an hour and you work 20 hours a week. And you know, it, listen, and then you turn around and tell me, all right, give me $400. That, listen, that's a big, you know how many hours it took for me to get $400? And for you to get, get the, 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 the release that, and some of y'all who are retired, you know how many hours I done put on these feet? They owe me. 
But go talk to the widow woman. She'll tell you about giving. We haven't even scratched the surface. Are you following? And so when you give first fruit, not only do you benefit, but your saved and unsaved loved ones also benefit because God said, I would do a whole house blessing. So we say, but Bishop, that's my money. That's my time. That's my life. Oh, yeah. But did you not know that God owns everything? I know we claim it is ours. We worked for it. We did this. But who gave you life, health, and strength? Who woke you up this morning? Look at Psalms 24 and 1. Look what it says. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The world and they that what? Dwell therein. You belong to God. I don't care what you say. So God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the hills and the sweet taters in the hills and all the other things in the hills. Colossians 1 and 16 said, For by him were all things created that, there, that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Now you can't argue with the Bible. 1 Corinthians 6 and 20. You didn't like that, but we'll look at this one. For ye are bought with a price. Would you look down your road and tell everybody you've been paid for? Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. Your body and your spirit belong to God. Amen. So God doesn't need your money. He don't need your possessions, your service, your work, your time, or your talent. He can do it all without you, but he wants it. Why? Because it's the result of you giving yourself to him. You show God that I'm going to give myself to you and that's what he wants. He wants you. He want to know if you'll put anything before him. If somebody offered you something in the place of God, would you take it? He want to know will you sell out your soul for him? What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world? God has made you a steward of all that and he has given you according to Luke uh, 16 verse 1 uh, and 2. A steward who wastes his master's good is considered to be a dishonest steward. All that was entrusted to him was taken away. Why? Why was it taken away? Because the master couldn't trust him with it. And if God can't trust you with the way you're handling the little thing that he's given you, why should he trust you with more? And when we violate God's principle of first fruit giving, we show him exactly what we think of him. But I can't afford, I can't afford to give my very best. God. No, you can't afford not to. We have the false idea that God is interested more in the amount than we can give him than the quality of the gift. 
how much did the poor widow give? Y'all remember the story? How, how much did she give? She gave what? Two mites. Everybody say two mites. In other words, two cents, if you please. It wasn't much, but it was all that she had. More important than the size of the gift, don't miss this, was the amount left over. Zero. More than the size of the gift, more importantly, what was what left over, which was She didn't refuse to give anything just because she didn't have $200 to give. She simply gave what she had. She didn't let what they did, what she didn't have, influence her to give nothing. Since they got more than me, I'm going to keep mine. And then I have my little bit for me. I'm connected to God too. And I must give God from my heart. Are you following me? So God looks at your heart and the amount, but not necessarily the amount given. Don't let me lose you. God looks at the amount left over. Say that with me. God looks at the amount left over. Say it again. God looks at the amount left over. If a person has $100,000 and they give $10,000, how much is left over? $90,000. You're right. If a person has $100 and they give $10, how much is left over? $90. You are correct, ma'am, sir. Both gave what? 10%. Now, here's the question. In God's sight, which one gave more? The person who gave the $10,000? Or the person who gave the ten dollars in God's hand. Remember now, is what you have left over after you give. So here's the answer: the one that gave the most is the one that gave the ten dollars. Why? Because he only had ninety dollars left over, and the one that gave ten had ninety thousand dollars left over. Are you following me? Yeah. So it's not what you, the amount that you gave up front is what you have left over when you give. Because it's going to take you more to trust God with $90 than it's going to take you more to trust God with $90,000. Because if you got $90 for the week, you're going to be making sure. Let me best put $2 worth of gas in here now. Then let me get, no, I can't get two uh, loads of break. Let me get one. Hallelujah. So with that principle of it being left over, Look what Jesus said. And y'all will say, Jesus, you don't know your mouth. But Jesus said she gave more than them all. How can this be when those folk were giving all that money? 
When you count it up, no, they gave more than her. No, Jesus said she gave more than them all. You, you, sir, ma'am, you're looking at the wrong way. What did they have left over? She had zero left over. She got to trust God to live the rest of the week. You're still not ready. You're still not ready. I'm coming in. I'm coming in. So 1 Corinthians 16 and 2 says, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him. God looks at how much you have left over to see the value of your gift to him. How much you have left over to see the value of your gift to him. So we say that we can't afford to give to God. Yet, look at us in America. You spoil your thing, you. I can't afford to give to God. But then you got that big old 150-inch, 700-inch television in your house. And you're so close up on it, your eyes going big. <laughs> then you got that, you know, you ain't even got to be home. You can record your stuff. We got microwaves in our house. Some of us, we ain't got no one or two. We got microwaves all over the house. Got stereo systems that we can play our music. And, you know, we go on vacations when we want to and, you know, and then we have the colossal nerve in the same breath to say, I can't afford to give God anything. God's so good to you. You, 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 listen, you waste gas, just go, just, I'm just out, just ride. You ain't had to go nowhere. Anybody ever been there? Come on. So God, let's, uh, come on, fess up. How many of you just, just got in your car and say, I just wanted to just ride? Some of y'all ain't playing fair. Some of you won't raise your hand. You quit with lying. Come on down to the altar. Come on down to the altar. How many of you been driving and say, I'm just going to turn down this street to see what's down here? Come on. Let me see you. Let me see you. Just wasting gas. Just wasting gas. And after you empty it out, guess what you do? It got a needle on there. Say, so you're getting close. What do you do? You pull in there. You pull a car or some cash or something out. And you fill it up again. So you go, There are some folk that got to walk 20 miles with their children on their back to go just to one night of revival. And they're going there with no shoes on. They're going there 20 miles, don't know how they're going to get their food to get back, but they're going because they believe there's a word from God for them. You get in your car, my car from my house says, yeah, you'll be there, you'll be at the church in 18 minutes. And you mean tell me I can't come to church? These folks walking 20 miles one way. They hear God. So blessed. Amen. 
Is God really concerned about such things? Yes, he is. Why? Because it reveals where our heart and afflictions are. Giving reveals where our heart and our affections are. Giving reveals where our heart and our affections are. It's an indication of our yieldedness to him, our love for him. It's a slap in God's face. The way some Christians treat God when it comes to first fruit giving. Why? Because it's a gauge of our love for him. It's an insight of our faithfulness, our love, and our dedication to God. In closing. God gauges our thanksgiving or our thankfulness by our obedience to his principle of first fruit giving. Are we giving God the leftovers in our lives? The end slices. The discards. Are we giving God a little tiny tip? Thank you very much. then we just keep the best for ourselves. 2 Corinthians 8 and 5 says, and this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. They gave themselves to the Lord. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6 says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Bountifully. So what are we sowing? What are we reaping? Let's make this the best year ever. How? By giving God our fairy.